It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The top five one-hit wonders in Minnesota Vikings history. What does that mean? What's our criteria? We'll tell you next on today's Minnesota Sports Rankum. This is Minnesota Sports Rankum, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota, and it starts now. It's the show that settles debates and starts new ones. It's Minnesota Sports Rankum on Locked On Sports Minnesota. I'm Sam Ekstrom, working on the Ron Johnson Show and the Minnesota Football Party here on Locked On Sports Minnesota. You can find me on Twitter at Sam Ekstrom and my trusty sidekick, Luke Inman. He's at Luke underscore Spinman, our draft guru, NFL Draft Buzz newsletter. Check it out. He joins us once again today to sift through another challenging top five list, Luke Inman. This is the prompt, and I didn't even know how hard this was going to be, but I said, hey, Luke, Zedarius Smith just got traded. He was here for one year, and he was really good in that one year. What are some other guys that were one-hit wonders that showed up, balled out, and then left the Minnesota Vikings? This turned out to be an immense challenge. Oh, my gosh. I think last week on a Rankum show, Sam, I said, oh, this list was so difficult for me, but in a fun way, in a good way. This week... This list was extremely difficult for me, but it was a grind. It was a lot of homework. And I'll be honest with you right now. I don't know your list. You don't know mine. Mm -hmm. I only did some digging past the last, oh, maybe 20 seasons or so, um, just to keep it a little bit more relevant for the people listening at home. But yeah, this was a tough list, Sam. I can't wait to see yours. Yeah, I've got at least one very deep dive on my list. That's all I'll say. Otherwise, I mostly stuck within the last couple decades as well. But I'll give you the honors to, to kick us off after I remind folks that we're brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more at FanDuel.com slash Locked On. Luke Inman, you're number five. Let's hear it. Nothing's going to sum up my list more than my number five player, Yannick Ngakwe, Sam. Oh. Five sacks. Hey, Let five sacks in five games before getting traded to Baltimore. Obviously, the experiment was a huge failure, but five sacks in five games. I mean, the guy was on pace, Sam, for 16 sacks. Tough to find that type of production anywhere you look. Um, so number five on my list, one-year wonder, one-hit wonder, Yannick Ngakwe. See, that's a good one. And one-hit wonder, it can be a little bit tongue-in-cheek, right? They don't have to be legitimate pro bowlers. They can just be memorable players. And my number five, I kind of I cheated a little bit. I have two guys. In the spirit of special teams, I didn't want to neglect the kickers of the world. And the Vikings had some very obscure kickers in the 2000s. Number one, uh, my co-fifth uh, spot is Paul Edinger. Paul Edinger. Do you remember Paul Edinger? Former Chicago Bear, Paul Edinger? Former Bear, yeah. who came to the Vikings in 2005 for his final season. Now, I'm going to have to demonstrate here for the people on YouTube. This is how he lined up. Do you remember this? So the ball's in front of me, right? And he, like, started like this <laughs> and then twisted around and kicked the ball. Do you remember that? I do. I yeah. do. Yeah. Now, that was fun. Uh, Paul Edinger was horrible. He was like 73%, 73% on field goals, but he had a walk-off field goal twice that year against the Packers, including 
a 56-yard kick at the Metrodome that kind of like saved the Vikings' disastrous season for a minute. They were It was a love boat season. Dante was hurt. Edinger hits the kick. They beat the Packers, and they kind of went on a run. Now, the other co-number five, Morton Anderson. <clears throat> wow. Morton Anderson, who, Luke, Luke, this is unreal. He started his career in 1982. Stop it. And he kicked for the Vikings in 2004. That's insane. Now, he's what? Number one all-time point leader in the NFL? Is that record still hold? He's got to be. I mean, he's got to be up there. Obviously, kickers have a huge advantage. Yeah. I I mean, top 10 in points all-time in the NFL Mm -hmm. history. Eight of them are kickers up there. I think Morton's got to be top two. If he's not, maybe even number one. Morton did not have a lot of range. He did not attempt a 50 plus yard field goal. There was no three wood in the bag. It was a 60 degree lob (laughs) wedge every time, but you knew it you were going to get. And he was consistent as anybody in the game. Yeah. Anderson and Edinger are my number five. Just for the, that's hilarious. Great finds, great pulls. All right. Number four on my list, Michael Pierce. Remember that guy skips the COVID year only Mm -hmm. played eight games, but when he did, Sam, he was that rock in the middle at nose tackle, made everyone around him a little bit better. He filled in for that Limbaugh Joseph nose tackle spot. Uh, Was good, not great, I'll admit, but playing nose tackle is never going to be sexy, never going to get all the accolades or a lot of stats. He was a stud in Baltimore before he came over, just never quite played with the same dominance he did for the Ravens. But I will say, when on the field, he impacted that defense in a big way. Yeah, I like that a lot. I feel like there's been a handful of of one-year guys in the past three, four years, and they not all of them have worked out. And Michael Pierce was disappointing because you signed him for, what, three years, and you got him for yeah. half a year yeah. in the end. Um, but he was really good. Remember that first game he played against Cincinnati? I think he had two sacks. That's right. And we were salivating, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, same season. Xavier Woods is going to be my number four. And I don't feel great about this one. I think Pierce was a better choice. But for a one-year guy, Xavier Woods comes in, three picks, two forced fumbles, a sack, plays all 17 games, and then he signs a big contract in Carolina. But he was a he was a good player on a bad defense who gets lost in the shuffle. But I liked that pickup at the time. I thought that he was solid. And uh, that's not the most memorable name. That's a little recency bias. Again, I'm a little, I don't feel awesome about that number four, but that's my guy. Number four, Xavier Woods played with Michael Pierce and then they left us. Super solid. No, good pick there at number four. Number three on my list, Mike Wallace, 2015. Mm. All right, 500 yards, two touchdowns. But remember, Sam, 2015, that was an offensive heavy scheme that was all about running the football with AP and still a young and very inexperienced Teddy Bridgewater at the helm as well. But he was the clear wide receiver number two behind Stephon Diggs, third on the team in targets and receptions that year behind Diggs and Rudy. And he helped that offense win 11 games and win the division, which that was a huge overachievement. If you remember at the time preseason odds, I went back and looked their preseason odds, uh, win total, seven and a half. Call it eight games. So they win 11. Was Mike Wallace amazing for the Vikings? No. Was he flashy or sexy? No, not really. But a key veteran wideout in that passing game that did just enough 
while they rode the hot hand of AP, of course, eventually lost in the first round of the Seahawks, 10 to nine. Can't remember how that game ended, Sam. No, no idea. It's super weird. I just just a blocked and buried that scoring game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blocked and buried that one in in my memory somewhere deep, deep down. But Mike Wallace, number three, one hit wonder for the Vikings. For sure. Um, I can't remember. Did they trade him? Did they? Re- I think they released him. I think didn't they, they cut him outright? Yeah. yeah, that was during that Charles Johnson era. Remember, we got mm-hmm. him from UDFA from the Packers. He was starting to make a little noise. That was that was post Jerome Simpson era. Correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe yeah. Simpson was in that mix somewhere S- there. But Simpson he was always that was- three four guy. He was under consideration for my list until I saw that he'd played two years. A so lot of many guys, guys I had to take off my list. Two. Yes. Exactly. Including like the guy who's clearly would have been number one, Brett Favre, who had to come back for his second year. Exactly. Too. You know, yeah. guys like Sheldon Richardson came back for a second mm-hmm. year. Um, all right. So my number three is going to be the guy who inspired the list. Sidarius Smith comes in for one year and, and kind of all la Michael Pierce, where you expect him for three years and you only get him for one and it ends up very disappointing. But he was fourth in pressures in the NFL, lumped in with Micah Parsons, Nick Bosa, Max Crosby, and Miles Garrett. That was the company he kept last year. Double-digit sacks, maybe a slight drop-off late in the year as he played through injury but did not miss a game and gave the Vikings every, you know, every cent of the money that they spent on him and more. He was a great locker room guy. He was a culture setter. He kind of like kept that defense irrationally confident even though they were struggling because he was such a um, galvanizing force. And he and Daniil Hunter had this meet at the quarterback thing going on, and they were tight and doing press conferences together. It was a great year with Zedarius Smith, and it's too bad it didn't continue. Oh, great call out. Trust me, Zedarius is on my list. Again, honed in on maybe the last 20 years or so. I'm sure you did a little bit more digging. I'm going to try to say my number two at the straight face, but forgive me if I can't. 2008, I want to bring you back to. I'm this already man smiling. started 11 games. He goes eight and three, Sam. People forget. And yes, maybe I bent the rules a little bit because he did play for Minnesota years prior, but this was his last stint before retiring. This quarterback in 2008 mm-hmm. played 11 games, went eight and three, helped the Vikings win the division that year. Of course, Adrian Peterson didn't hurt him rushing for 1,700 yards. Gus the bus. Ferrat, a one-hit wonder. Without his help, they wouldn't have won that division in 2008. T-Jack, yes, he eventually took over. They lost in round one, if you remember, to the Eagles. Who else? At home, no less, 24-16, to thanks to a Tavares Jackson pick six by Asante Samuel. Who knows? Maybe Gus Ferrat starts that game. Maybe the Vikes steal one at home. Brian Westbrook, if you remember, iced the game with a 70-yard screen pass four or five minutes left to make it a nine point game. I remember my parents went to that game. Uh, so I was watching very closely, but yeah, T Jack box score. I had to look it up by the way, 15 of 35, zero touchdowns, the one pick six and a 45.6 passer rating. Gus Farrakh gets the nod for me because he helped this team get to the playoffs and win the NFC North and host a playoff game. Number two on my list. And Gus Farratt, he was the trusty backup back in 2003 as well, when I think he filled in for Dante for a minute. Um, And and I'm curious, too, why his career had to end there, because he didn't play another season. The Vikings released him the next year. His contract ran out or whatever. I'm I'm surprised he didn't continue after an 8-3 and stretch as a quarterback. That was his end. 
Um, yeah, you, you got to assume there was a need for him somewhere. Uh, 32 mm-hmm. teams struggling, looking for a quarterback there, eight and three coming off that season. But at that point, too, we know he had struggled with injuries, the neck injury specifically, and he was up there, Sam. I mean, he's pushing 40 at that point. It's not like you see today in the league where the guys like Phillip Rivers, Brady, Manning, Rodgers, all these guys are just assumed you're not only going to play into your 40s, but you're going to play at a high level. Gus Farad, let's be real. Maybe yeah. not on that level. So they, they parted ways with Gus. They signed mm-hmm. Sage Rosenfels. That's and then right. I believe Your I believe Sage's, Sage Rosenfels and Tavares Jackson just battled it out and nothing ever happened after that. Right? That's right. Nothing. Yeah, that, that's the t- 2009 season. Forgettable in mm-hmm. that way. Yeah. Uh, before I reveal my number two, remind folks that were brought to you by Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious snack, you don't want all the sugar and calories. You need the best tasting protein bar ever. It's Built. You got to try them. You don't want to compromise taste. Why would you when you can get 100% real dark chocolate in these built bars that are healthy and taste amazing? The macros are unbelievable. 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. And you don't need to wait to get a box. You can. You can order on built.com and get the specialty flavors, have them shipped right to your door conveniently. But you can also get in your car, drive to Walmart or Sam's Club, go to the pharmacy section, pick up a 4-bar box or a 13-bar box, Brownie batter puffs, churro puffs. I love the puffs. Get some puffs, coconut puffs. Basically, any flavor is available there in Walmart or Sam's Club. It's Built Bar, the best protein bars ever. You can thank me later. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found... Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. My number two, Luke Inman, Top five, one-hit wonders, it's Jeff George. It's Jeff George, the, who, in my opinion, How did I miss Jeff George? Great, the, great pull. Great call. The up. rich man's Gus Farratt, who, I mean, go back and watch 1999 Vikings highlights. Keep in mind, Jeff George took over for Cunningham and inherited a team that expected to win the Super Bowl, right? That's right. So, so you're given the keys to this quarterback who is aged, uh, let's see, how old would he have been? In 1999, he would have been, okay, about 32, 31, 32. So not that old. Um, Rocket arm, massive arm. Played 12 games for the Vikings that season, went 8-2. and He one-ups Gus, 8-2 and record, 23 TDs, 12 picks, 14.7 yards per completion. He just aired it out. Wow. He threw these lasers mm. downfield to, to Randy Moss and the Vikings ascended to a point where Jeff George, I know they ran into a buzzsaw with Kurt Warner and Marshall Falk and the Rams um, in the playoffs, 
but Jeff George could have been a Super Bowl quarterback that year. They were good enough that they could have gone the distance with Jeff George at the helm. Unfortunately, that season ended in the divisional round, but Jeff George, man, I mean, that is an awesome uh, one year. The Vikings had some serious one have had some serious one hit wonders at quarterback over the years, um, which uh, which I love. I, I'm looking for a football around here because if you remember, I wanted to bring that up. Do you remember how he used to hold and throw that football? He used to put his index finger on the tip of the ball instead of holding and curling all four fingers around the ball. Look it up. You got to go pull it up. Maybe maybe mm-hmm. some people uh, listening at home remember that. But yeah, uh, unorthodox style. But man, that was a fun. 9, 10, 11 game, uh, a little stint there with Jeff George, especially when you're throwing to guys like Randy Moss, Chris Carter, Jake Reed. Uh, number one on my list, you already mentioned him. Got to be number one for me. Again, just honing in on the last 20, 25 years or so. Actually, before I get to my number one, let me just throw out a couple honorable mentions, some fun names. If you were a diehard Viking fan, maybe in your late teens or 20s during the Denny Green, Mike Tice era, Corin Robinson, 2005, Highly anticipated was going to come in. Remember, he was a 1,000-yard receiver two years prior. Didn't really do much, but still a fun name during that 2005 season. Yep. Linebacker Sam Cowart played in the AFC East with the Buffalo Bills and New York Jets. He was a stud over there. Second on the team in 2005 yeah. in tackles for Great loss. first name. And tackles. Great first name. And then last one, Denard Walker, 2003. Got him from Denver. He was a stud cornerback over there in Denver. Still looking to kind of replenish our cornerback room. I think it was a year or two later. They ended up signing Antoine Winfield, Mike Tice did. And they finally found their true number one shutdown cornerback. Number one on my list, though, you already mentioned him. Got to be number one for me over the last 20 years. Zadarius Smith, you're right. Such a huge impact for that defense last year when healthy. Led the league in sacks and pressures that first half of the season. And even being hobbled the last eight games, still ended in the top five in pressures and quarterback hurries. The guy was just an animal and worth the price, too. I know they gave him a big signing bonus and guaranteed money, but uh, uh, on the cap, right on the books, didn't they only have to pay him like three and a half, four million dollars, something like that? So uh, a, a great bargain, well worth the price. Huge veteran presence and leader, too. I mean, as bad as that defense was last year, Sam, I can't imagine what things would have looked like without him. Just a fun guy, too. A lot of energy that's going to be hard to replace. Going to be really interesting to see who on that defense steps up and is that new vocal leader now. We know Harrison Smith's the vet, right? But he's kind of the quiet assassin. Who's going to be that new vocal leader that brings the energy and brings the juice and fills the shoes of Zadarius Smith? Number one on my list. All right, so I'm. I think we might both have to offer a retraction here, and it's too late to restart. We can't. Yep. But we've we've both overlooked someone who maybe should be number one, and that's Case Keenum. Case oh, wow. Keenum might have might have had to be number one on both of our lists. Oh, so, man. so so let's acknowledge that. Once you say it, it's so obvious. I know. How do we miss this? That? This is a hard okay. exercise. Now, yeah. so let I'm going to put him at my one and a half spot. Mm-hmm. Would you like to 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 fit him into your top five somewhere? Honestly, I mean, I could probably put him number one, knowing how weak and soft my list is. But yeah, he's got to be in my top five somewhere. Maybe I'd replace him with Gus Farad at number two, but in that top two for sure. I mean, what he did Uh, that season, are you kidding me, Minneapolis Miracle? It's etched in the history of Vikings lore. 11-3, and his regular season record, and then a playoff win. Um, 
I'm not going to Xavier Woods off my list. I knew that wasn't right. I had a feeling I was forgetting someone. It was Case Keenum. We both forgot. Yep. Um. So that's my one and a half, but I still have a number one. And I still think that it's a crazier number one than um, and Keenum, than Farad. Hey, Luke, what were you doing in 1963? 63. Let's see. That was the winter of 63 going into 64, backpacking in Europe. Um, I can't get into the details on this show, Sam, but it was a trip. I was uh, I was on the the back porch smoking Marlboro Lights, reading about Lee Harvey Oswald <laughs> and Jack Ruby, JFK. Um, you know, back in 1963, Vikings were a, were a pretty new team. They had a young man by the name of William Donald Holtz. William Donald Holtz. Does that name ring a bell? I'm not doing anything for me. Sorry. Okay. Let me text my dad real quick. He might know that one off the top of his hand. He probably had his rookie card, to be honest. Don Holtz went uh, as an undrafted free agent, was not drafted. So as a rookie in 1963 for the Vikings, left defensive end, Holtz put up the following stat line. 14 starts, one interception that went for a pick six, Nine fumble recoveries, 10 and a half sacks. Now you might say, why don't we remember this guy? Who's Don Holtz? That's the craziest stat line I've ever seen. The Vikings proceeded to trade Don Holtz after one year in a six-player trade with the Philadelphia Eagles. Quote from Holtz. I was not surprised because they had chosen several high draft choices on the defensive line, including Carl Eller. There were 13 or 14 rookies that that made the team with me in Minnesota, and then four of us got traded to Philadelphia for running back Ted Dean and rookie quarterback Bob Barry. So Ted Dean, <laughs> I've looked up Ted Dean. Ted Dean played two games for the Vikings, five carries, 30 yards, and then his career ended. That's it. Bob Barry, see what he did. Um, now, was Don related to Lou Holtz at all? Obviously, the infamous I mean, that's Lou a fair, Holtz. That's a fair question. I think it was spelled differently. Holtz oh, was versus it? Okay. Holtz. Yep. Okay. Um, Bob Barry made two starts for the Vikings in his career and went one and one. So they traded Don Holtz, 10 sacks, nine fumble recoveries, and a pick six for uh, for Ted Dean and Bob Barry. Now, you might ask, how did Don Holtz do in his career with the Eagles? Well, they traded high on Don Holtz because he went on to play another 10 years and he amassed another 23 total sacks. Okay. But he wow. had buy low, sell high. Huge. Yep. Okay. Yeah. And, and to be a UDFA back then, Sam, I mean, didn't they have like 16 rounds in the draft too? So to be a UDFA, what a fine, what a diamond in the rough for them. Donnie. Donnie Holtz is my yeah, number need- one. I never, I hadn't heard about him until about half an hour ago, and now I need to see a documentary. Maybe Luke Braun yeah. can tell us about Don Holtz on the upcoming Minnesota football party. That was crazy. That was a trip, great man. find. Great list. Unbelievable task to try to pull these up. Uh, uh, to the people listening at home or watching on YouTube, comment below. Who else did we forget? Mm-hmm. Can't believe I forgot Case Keenum. Me too. Maybe the most obvious one. Yeah, I'm glad we remember. I mean, now the comments cannot bombard us, say we right. think we forgot Keenum. We both acknowledge Keenum. 
Um, but I'm sure we forgot others as well. And if you, you know, if you know the seventies, eighties Vikings a little better than we do, definitely let us know about some diamonds in the rough there. Mm -hmm. That's Luke Inman. I'm Sam Ekstrom. We're both part of the Minnesota football party crew as well with Arif Hassan and Luke Braun. We're going to go record that show, a full hour of Minnesota Vikings talk. And Ron Johnson joins as well on today's episode. Thanks for watching and listening. And we'll talk to you next time. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.